Welcome to the Casual Planeswalker Podcast, the show made by casual players for casual players. Welcome to the Casual Planeswalker Podcast, podcast made for casual players, by casual players. Um, got a lot of exciting stuff to talk about this week. Uh, this is Brad, um, and over, you know, let's do our, let's introduce our Michigan crew first. Let's start in uh, Charlotte. Hey, it's Joshua. And then Grand Rapids. It's DJ. And Claire. This is Zach. And then let's fly on over for about two and a half hours to Colorado. Hey, it's Leroy. All right. Yep, so that's the crew you got this week. And, uh, yeah, still tons of stuff going on in the Magic world. I know uh, a lot of spoiler action happening. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, Zach and I had the opportunity to go to the New Phyrexia game day, so we'll be talking about um, our experiences with the new decks. And... Tons of stuff going on in the world of casual magic and on casualplaneswalker.com too. So, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, let's start off by talking about game day. I know we were all excited about it. I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I remember specifically that somebody really liked the green rot from within deck, even though everyone <laughs> else was talking about the white war of attrition deck uh, because it had. That little uh Stoneforge Mystic. No no. Stoneforge oh, Mystic, yes. yes. That sexy little lady. Um so everybody's been talking about the War of Attrition deck, and I really, really think that nobody even paid attention to the other one because the two Stoneforge Mystics in the deck was so surprisingly awesome that everybody focused on that deck. So um I got my hands on the Rot from Within deck and I must say I was very very impressed. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know. Do you guys do you guys remember uh, the premise of the Rot from Within deck? Not a basically tons of infect and tons of pump. Pretty simple, yeah. Um, it's yeah, like no, I w- I w- go ahead, Zach. What do you go ahead? Uh, I was uh, really excited about War of Attrition a couple weeks ago on the podcast, but to be succinct about my review. That was dead in the water. It did nothing. Um, playing against Rot from Within, I, I think we played five games in between actual game day tournament play, and I lost every one within, what, probably five turns, Brand? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how it went. I, I didn't really get to see what the uh, War of Attrition deck was supposed to do because Rot from, from Within basically... Waited for the first sign of weakness and was ready to go, uh, ready to kill by turn four or so every game. So if if you tapped out your creatures or tapped out your mana, um, it was pretty likely that I was going to be able to get one creature through and then pump him up to ten poison damage on that turn. So that's pretty much how every every game went. That's pretty epic. Yeah, I I think uh, you didn't see what. War of Attrition did because it doesn't do anything. Um, 
It only came <laughs> with two stone forges, which isn't enough to have her be reliable. The, the Sword of Vengeance was by far the best equipment in the deck, and it is still pretty weak. Uh, we didn't bring most of our cards from, from Colorado. We, we just had a couple. Uh, well, I just had basically a, a deck that was one sealed event plus two drafts, and I had a stone forge mystic and a sword of war and peace with me, so I threw those into the the war of attrition deck after I lost a couple times, and it didn't help a bit. Yeah, I know the sword of war and peace came out once, and uh, I didn't really mind too much because the rot from within deck is has enough Viridian corruptors to be able to destroy some target ar- artifacts that are causing problems, so... I know that was the case in a couple games. Yeah, so but you ended up running a different deck for the actual game day event itself. Yeah, I had uh, a deck that had a lot of the uh, Phyrexian mana, Molten Steel Dragon, Immolating Soldier, um, Porcelain Legionnaires, uh, yeah, lots of lightning, but lots of removal. And it did okay the first couple games, but I mean, most of the people we were playing against there were playing hardcore Cawblade, or the play group was kind of interesting. There were, I think, two or three people there who were playing, like, Planeswalkers. They just had a deck composed of four big Jaces, four little Jaces, four Gideons, there were Planeswalkers thrown in, and counters and, and uh, Contagion Engine and other ways to proliferate more counters onto their planeswalkers. Yeah, I've seen that a couple of instances of that deck. I, I mean, I know it's pretty powerful, but I think for the effort of putting together the planeswalker deck, I, I was, I don't, I'm, I'm rather unimpressed with its overall efficiency. I know right now, like Cobblades, pretty much, um, aside from the, you know, the red, the black red vampires coming back, but. Cobblade's pretty much dominating most constructed play right now. Did, did you guys run into any... Uh, did you actually beat Cobblade with any of your decks? I'm actually interested. I had a really uh, interesting, I guess, journey with Rot From Within because I literally showed up to the card shop with no cards. I had forgotten them somehow. I, I drove all the way up to the card shop. It was about an hour drive, and I just forgot my cards. <laughs> so I showed up looking like a super noob, and um, I... I just bought the event deck and said, you know what, I'm just going to have fun and uh, just, I don't know, see how this deck works. should work pretty well. And uh, I definitely surprised a lot of people because the first round I ended up uh, beating a deck that was blue-white control with, I guess I don't know exactly how it won, uh, but it just had, oh, it won with Gideon and the uh, blue-white 4-4 4-4 Vigilance Land. Ah. So it wasn't Cobblade, but um, I don't know if that deck has a name, but it's got Gideon and Jace and a lot of control. But Basically I ended up... Basically flavor of the Planeswalker uh, deck. Yeah, all right. So so that, and um, I ended up beating that deck 2-1, to one, and I was I was really shocked, and the guy was pretty, pretty ticked <laughs> off, actually, because uh, he got beat by a pre-constructed deck. I mean, obviously these decks are no ordinary pre-con from before but uh, still pretty ticked if your deck that you spent a couple hundred on just for the jaces dropped to a 30 dollars yep. deck i mean it's pretty awesome yep and I, I i totally looked like i was a noob because i mean i didn't have any dice i didn't have <laughs> any counters or anything except for the dial down that comes in the box uh, he actually lended me his uh play mat because i didn't even have that it was just bare cards on a you know plastic table and he was like, "Oh man, you should, you know, you can borrow play play mat." So I was like, "Oh, that's cool." 
So he probably thought I wasn't as good as I am too, so that added gotcha. to it. So then uh, second game, I played against um, a blue-black control uh, vampires deck uh, with like the Bloodgast and uh, Hexmage and stuff like that. And that was that, those were really good games. Um, you know, he started off early by uh, peeking at my hand and then uh, doing one of the versions of Duress that are in Standard, the uh, Kozilek's Inquisition and stuff like that to try to get rid of my key cards early on and then he would pretty much just overwhelm me with uh, a few pretty powerful attacking creatures but I was actually able to pull off a victory in that round as well um, two to one by that time I was just flabbergasted you know I'm playing against Planeswalker I mean I saw Jace in every single game I will tell you that Um, Jace was in every deck Jace the Mind Sculptor was in every deck across the table Go ahead, Zach. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, I don't think with the exception of that black deck that you were talking about, the vampire deck, I don't think there was a single deck out there that cost less than five hundred dollars conservatively. Yeah, I I agree with that. I just everybody had Jace. Uh, so I don't know. Nobody was expecting that mono green. Putrefax won a couple games because he's he's pretty awesome. Um, the first round, you know, my opponent tapped out to do Day of Judgment to get rid of the three poison creatures I had. And then he had one mana open, and I was like, oh, I don't think he's going to be able to do anything about Putrefax. So next turn, I played Putrefax and swung for the victory there. I don't know, people, they just weren't, I think, and you guys might know more than me, but I'm pretty sure the, the previous Infect deck that was viable was like green and black, or mono black or, or something. Green and, or green and blue. Green and blue, okay. Uh, I can't even remember. Yeah, so anyways, the mono yeah, green thing just... More, okay. I guess it became viable with the uh, Blighted Agent and the uh, Virulent Drake. Uh, but really, I think black was the place to be within before New Phyrexia. Okay. Yeah, so mono, mono green kind of threw people off, and that was you know one of the, the huge benefits of the deck is that it has um, Primal Bellow, which gives plus one, plus one for each forest you control, and this one, one green mana. <laughs> so... A lot of times when I when I would unleash the Primal Bellow, it would be plus four, plus four, or plus five, plus five, and you throw that on top of, uh, I mean, Putrefax, that's the end of the game, and that's with Trample, and or on any of the other creatures, even though a 1-1, one, one, you know, that's like six poison counters, and then you throw another, like, a mutagenic growth or something on top of that, it's up to eight, and then if there's any more pump spells, like Groundswell, that's anywhere from two to four. I don't know, it's just... It was just silly. There's a lot of pump in that deck, but third game I played against Cobblade and lost pretty hardcore. Well, there's a reason Cobblade's um, so popular right now. I don't remember if I won one of the games of that round. Um, I know, no, I didn't because, oh yeah, maybe I, I don't. Know, do you remember Zach? I think that one was Owen uh, two because because that guy okay. he 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 was uh, so angry about losing. I think I I think. I think you would have gotten in a fight with him had you actually won a game. Yeah, that guy was kind of silly. I mean, he seemed like a really nice guy when I played against him, but later he was showing his true colors as a very, very bad loser. But that game, I had to mulligan down to five the first game and then uh, six the second game, so it was kind of a bad deal with uh, mana. Especially going up against Cobblade. You don't want to be on any sort of a disadvantage. No, no, I think, I mean, the first game I, I, I almost could have done it, but uh, freaking Spellskite was just 
ruining my day because, you know, Pulled off your uh, if I played the... Yeah, I, I only have one way to destroy artifacts uh, in that deck, which is the uh, Viridian Corruptor. And so if I want to destroy one of the blades or something, it doesn't matter because Spellskite's going to get it. And then my pump spells don't work uh, because Spellskite's going to get those. So pretty much ruined my deck. He had answers for the uh, the Ink Moth Nexus too, so no bueno. And then uh, the final game I ended up playing against a uh, Lotus Cobra and um, Jace deck, which was just ridiculous. And I won one of the games in that round too, so it wasn't. I don't know. It was it was awesome. I I was very impressed with Rot from Within, out of the box and. You know, not having a ton of experience in standard, I was able to do quite well and get in the top four. So I got the Mir Superion uh, alternate art thing for being in top eight, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah, you got that. Awesome. Which I do believe we will be giving away soon enough. Sounds like a deal. But, yeah, so I don't know. Zach, do you think that War of Attrition uh, does have any potential? I think there are definitely some wild cards in there. I mean, uh, I'm basically just going to break it down and and use the cards in a variety of places. It just isn't cohesive enough. The equipment isn't good enough to make it uh, viable in any competitive way. I mean, maybe other people had a different experience uh, of it, but I don't know how different it could be against Rot from the end. Well, looking at it, yeah. I was going to say, looking at it myself from a new perspective, actually, is that it it's actually really basically a mono-white version of Cawblade that's diluted. <laughs> like, a yes. diluted mono-white version of Cawblade. Yeah. You're not, you yeah, know, it doesn't it, have... It's just really, really bad. I mean, it doesn't have any Squadron Hawks. It doesn't have any real swords. It only has Stoneforge Mystics. I mean, being mono-white... It's got no uh, control. It's got no preordain, no mana lead. Pretty bad place to be, actually. I mean, they could have at least thrown, like, the the birds in. I think had they done that, though, people... I didn't even catch it until literally just now in my head, but the fact that it's basically that just watered down. But had they thrown... I I think they should have thrown Squadron Hawks in at least, though. Like, why wouldn't you throw in those? Yeah, I don't think you're going to devalue Squadron Hawks. Yeah. It's just weird, you know what I mean? You're like, hmm... Could have been. I mean, I, I think you well, actually would have gave, had a pretty viable you, uh, Yeah, if, if there were Squadron Hawks instead of Leon and Sky Hunter, I mean, Leon and Sky Hunter is the two two flying for two white, and there are four of them. If they would have just put Squadron Hawk, a common, and the Leon and Sky Hunter uncommon, I think that would have made it a little bit better. Absolutely. It's funny because I, I thought for sure that Rot from Within was going to end up being this mediocre whatever, and come to find out, it's actually much better. I don't know. You know, I think maybe it's the retribution that Infect needed after the last event deck. <laughs> I know Brad was pretty excited about that and then was pretty sad. Yeah, I keep sticking with the in- Infect, and that blue-black one was was uh, underwhelming. You know, I mean, much the same way War of Attrition seems to be. Just it, It's like the same thing, you know. It, it has pieces of things. I mean, because didn't you have, like, did you have Hand of the Praetors in that? Yeah. Yeah, so it's got, like, Hand of the Praetors, you know, like, it's like there's, there's like, this idea there that something, it's like the Stoneforge Mystic, you know, like, something good could happen, but probably not. 
<laughs> yep, yeah. that's how it was. I, I, Lots yeah. of expensive cars. I, I think the uh, the route from within is just straightforward, practical, in, fl- in fact, plus pump, which just didn't wow people. I mean, Forge Mystic has enough of a factor that they're going to charge they charge uh, $5 more for it, and they probably will charge 5 to $10 more for it, um, and they'll sell more. They'll, they'll sell more War of Attrition when uh, Roth from within is just a much more solid deck. It just doesn't have the wow factor. Yeah, it's all pretty, I don't know, not not superstars. It's just a bunch of uh, little infect creatures and a, a bunch of pump spells. Nothing too exciting, like you said. No wow factor there, but it's built so solidly that it's very effective. You know, as long as you weren't going up against the most popular deck in standard, you seem to be doing okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, oh, big deal. So you lost against a $500 deck that's winning tournaments, you know? Right. I mean... And, well, actually, um, I mean, it was kind of the same thing with, with the previous event decks because uh, the the red deck really didn't have any, uh, like, ridiculous cards either. I mean, Goblin Guides are, you know, kind of... Two bucks or something like that. They're, yeah. yeah, they're not they're not too bad, and Bam Knight and... Uh, Signal Pest, you know, no, 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 nothing was overwhelming. It was just really, really solidly built. Maybe Contested Warzone, but um, that's, you know, equivalent to the Ink Moth Nexus, the one of that they put in Rot From Within, I think. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think uh, Wizards, you know, hats off because game day was really fun and actually found an awesome um, card shop in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, called the Hall of Heroes, and they just have the, they have a great playgroup there and good good environment um, as opposed to a couple of the the shops we have encountered. Uh, this is this is definitely one that gets it. You know, they they're definitely on our side of uh, encouraging fun and all all the staff members. Uh, the guy that I played in the last um, round was actually one of the staff members, and he was. You know, just an awesome person uh, to play against. He was he was polite and happy, and you could tell he, he wasn't like a, a sore loser or anything like that. Um, he explained a couple of things that I, you know, didn't quite understand, and uh, so I don't know. I was very impressed by uh, Hall of Heroes. So if anybody happens to be listening and is uh, in the Mid Michigan area, definitely check out that card shop. Kind of sounds like a Valhalla type thing going on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, their their website is really really cool. They have this awesome um well, it's it's like a black SUV that has their logo which is like a a comic book style cityscape on the side like all down the middle of the uh sides of the SUV and then the Batman symbol on the back. It's so cool. It's all in yellow and black in the Batman colors. Sounds pretty so, epic. So cool. Yep. So yeah, um I guess moving on, let's let's uh, talk some more about uh, some of the M12 news that's been that's emerged since our last podcast. Um, Lira, you wanna you wanna give us a little summary of uh, some of the cards that you know you've been surprised or uh, impressed to see in M12? Oh gosh, M12 has been interesting. It's finding out like things that have been coming out and all of that. Singer singer vampire. I was kind of surprised that that's coming back. I don't, I'm trying to remember what my favorite one was. Oh, Zombie Infestation. 
Uh, <laughs> awesome card. Yes. Uh, zombie Infestation is one in a black for discard two cards, put a 2-2 two, two black zombie onto the battlefield, and that's... that's I love zombies. <laughs> uh, See, it's probably coming... You're going to spend your days creating zombies, and Josh is going to spend his days killing them in Left 4 Dead. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> exactly. And then with the with the Bloodthirst, um, the Bloodlord of uh, Vosgoth is also really cool because that's in the same you know realm of vampires and black. Lord of, uh, I'm sorry, the Bloodlord of uh, Vosgoth. He's uh, th- three and two black. He's a he's a very mythic rare with Bloodthirst three and flying. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty pretty dangerous. He's a game under uh, because he's, he, his ability is whenever you cast a vampire creature or spell, it gains bloodthirst three, and so creatures like uh, bloodgast and, and vampires with evasion having bloodthirst three in addition to whatever else they've got going on is going to be pretty pretty scary. Slap pretty that puppy awesome on child, child of night. night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. We just had the same same thought there. So it looks like. Uh... The Twilight fans will not be disappointed. There's plenty more vampires in uh, M12. Thank you, Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> true, true. Soren's, Soren's back, and he's got plenty of cards uh, based on him, I guess. Soren's Thirst. It's looking vampire Yeah, my only thing with the Bloodlord of Vazgoth is I just... I don't know. The vampire decks are such a fast deck. I don't know. I mean, I guess he could probably go in as like a one-of or a two-of... Just as like a backup, I like him, but it's just, it's those conditional cards that I hate because you, I, I hate banking on it. You know what I mean? Because you you always are like, oh, all I have to do is have this happen. Well, then that's when they end up sitting in your hand for 15 turns because they've got a blocker out. You have to sack half your creatures to get damage through, and you're just like, uh, and then you're trying to like work around his ability, and it just becomes a nightmare. I really like it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, you have a point there. I think another one of the really exciting things for me was... I think you're... Uh, what's that, Zach? Sorry. Yeah, Josh, I, I think you're right. He's a one of, two of, because the thing of the, the vampire decks is they can really get in a bad place if the game goes too long. So one, Absolutely. one or two of the Bloodlord would, would make uh, vampires a little bit more comfortable in the mid to late game. Oh, that's a good point. I, I never really thought about that because you do. I, I know, you know, you, if you get let the your opponent get anywhere past, you know, basically into stage three of the game, basically you're just you're dead in the water because you don't have that. And for the vampires, you have to kill them quick. If you have a slow hand, you're toast. Hmm. Well, one of the other uh, cards that I know Zach's excited about that's uh, going to be an M12 is the Goblin Grenade. <laughs> I know you have some pretty nefarious plans for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as disappointed as I was when we found out that Lightning Bolt wouldn't be an M12 and that uh, Shock would be coming back as its uh, mediocre replacement, uh, Gob Grenade, in my mind, makes up for that. Um, because as fun as Coldatha Red is now, basically that event deck with Goblin Guide and Coldatha Rebirth, all that, as fun as that is now, Goblin Grenade would make that deck just despicable. Uh, It's going to be awesome. And I like the fact that four sets almost always go back to um, true color flavor. 
So there are a lot of goblins and a lot of dragons in, in red, which I like. And some griffins and lions in white, I see. And bears in blue? Hmm, that one doesn't fit in. <laughs> one of these things is not like the others. <laughs> no, I was actually really excited about that. I love, 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 love playing with a phantasmal fiend. And uh, the phantasmal bear is kind of cool. The one blue 2-2 two, two, when he becomes a sack, um, target of a spell or ability sack. And that one I was kind of kind of pumped to see come out. Because it, it's a, the phantasmal idea is kind of cool because it makes him waste a spell. Whether or not they have to waste, I mean, one way or the other, they have to waste something, even if it's a pump spell. It's a pump spell they would have used on their guy that they have to use on yours, that you spent one blue for a 2-2 two, two on. Who cares? I see nobody else mm-hmm. feels the same way, but... I, I also no, like I, the... Uh, no, I, I like him. I also uh, like the new blue instant uh, turn to frog. <laughs> It's a one and a blue for an instant target creature loses all abilities and becomes a one one blue frog until end of turn. I missed that. So did I. That's amazing though. That's. I always like snake form. That's one of my favorite <laughs> uh, elder dragon cards because I don't know. Nobody really expects snake form turns a creature into a one one <laughs> snake with no abilities, <clears throat> and it's a blue green um, combo. Mana, it's like a blue-green and then two colorless. So, I don't know. It's just a very versatile card. I know that Minimize is one of my favorites to play with when you're drafting and stuff. You know, someone swings at you with their, like, 6-6 dragon, whatever. You know, you just you block it with your whatever you've got. But, well, as long mm-hmm. as you've got flying. Or, or if they just come at you with a huge heavy, you know, you just minimize. Night-night. <laughs> is it minimize? No. Is that the right word? Ovenize? No. It's in standard? Yeah, it's not minimize. I just realized that's not the right word. I know that the artwork has a little cat. No, it's the... Oh, man, I can't think of the word. I've played with it a hundred times. I love it. No one ever pulls it. (sighs) Yeah, I can't think of the word for it, but it turns the creature into a 1-1. It keeps its abilities, Mm -hmm. but... I haven't seen that one yet in M12, but I'm assuming that the whatever we're going to call this frog form <laughs> is it's going to be awesome. A lot of uh we had a full set of uh commander decks get spoiled during the week. That was that was another bit of really big news. Of course, the commander event is going to be uh, next weekend, so we're really excited about that, but um, uh, Zach, what, which, uh, or DJ too? Have, DJ, have you been uh, keeping up on the commander deck list? Definitely. Which one uh, is emerging as as your favorite so far? I think my favorite is going to be political puppets because of Zedru, the great hearted. What makes Zedru so great hearted, DJ? <laughs> uh, well, it's a two four for four mana. And then it has the cool ability of giving your opponents, uh, your permanents to other opponents. So for red, white, and blue, you can have target opponent gain control, target permanent you control. And then it <laughs> And what sort of nefarious things could you do with that seemingly counterintuitive ability? Well, for one, as long as she's out, you get X life and draw X cards which is the number of permanents you control. You own that your permanent 
that your opponents control. So that'll keep you drawing cards. Like especially, I've seen examples with Wall of Omens, which the zero four that lets you draw a card when it enters the battlefield. So you can Excellent. you can play that and then give it away. Especially in Commander, because the zero four isn't going to do much then. But it'll keep drawing you cards. And that is in the deck. Um, by the way, is it? Awesome. Yep. I think it would also be pretty fun to get rid of the other legend, Ruhan of the Fomori. You can give him away to an opponent, and you can kind of hope that, well, he's a 7-7 that has to choose an opponent at random, and then you're forced to attack that opponent. So you can kind of hope that he doesn't attack you while you keep getting life from that. Yeah. And plus he's unfettered by allegiance and driven by war, Mm. which is pretty cool. That's great. Yeah, this looks like a really cool deck. Uh, we're, we're getting to see, uh, I know last week we didn't know what a command tower was, right. but we now know that. It's a land that says tap to add uh, to your mana pool one mana of any color in your commander's color identity. So that's pretty That's pretty awesome. They've made a, I mean, that's just made like Elder Dragon Highlander much more accessible because it's not about having all expensive mm-hmm. lands um, like it is with most most formats. And I think for this casual format, they really had to recognize that they needed something to sort of uh, lower the barriers there that existed and, and made EDH decks uh, based on which awesome lands you could get, just like the other competitive formats. What did you guys think about that when you saw the Command Tower? I honestly didn't really think about it. I was like, oh, Command Tower, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think uh, Command Tower is great. The dual lands and everything being so expensive that it, it does make Commander just a little bit more. So Zach actually uh, had to drop out, but let's let's continue talking about the uh, Commander decks a little bit. Um, I know the the political puppets look looks awesome, and I think a lot of uh, players with your uh, play style, <laughs> DJ, are, are really going to love that. I kind of see that as something Josh might like as as well. Yeah. The sort of alternative way of winning. <laughs> the alternative magic game. Although it, it's it's a little chaotic though. And I I I actually in magic have liked uh chaotic themes like a lot of the old uh, red cards that would be like flipping a coin and stuff like There's that. There's one of those in M12, one of the goblins. Oh yeah. Really? It's um oh shoot, what was it? It is goblin Oh shoot! What is it? Bang! Yeah, I remember that because I was gonna make a note, joke of it. Goblin bang chuckers. <laughs> it's two and two red for flip a coin. If you win the flip, goblin bang chuckers deals two damage to target creature or player. If you lose, it does it to itself. <laughs> it's a two two. <laughs> That's awesome. It's the worst kind ever. <laughs> it's an uncommon. It's the best part. For two and two colorless, or two red and two colorless, that has the potential to actually do nothing. That's great. That's so deliciously goblin-esque. <laughs> and I'm seeing some uh, amazing spell names like Spell Crumple, mm-hmm. <laughs> Counter Target Spell. If that spell is countered this way, put it on the bottom of its owner's library instead of into the graveyard. Put Spell Crumple on the bottom of its owner's library, so it's a reusable counter spell, but. 
I love the name, Spell Crumple. I think the image looks kind of cool, too. Yeah. The image on um, on Chaos Warp is really cool. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. By Trevor Claxton, I guess. I think it was maybe it would be Steve Argyle. It seems kind of right up his alley. Yeah, but I haven't seen any artwork from him lately. I haven't tracked him specifically. Sad. But what was the um, deck that you really liked? Brad? I guess I should say. Put a name on that. <laughs> Let me just throw it out there. Um, the U. Well, I'm I'm going to guess here that uh, it's going to be Devour for Power. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> it's uh, blue, black, green, and just seems to be awesome. Let me rephrase that for you. Uh, hey, Brad, how much do you like Devour for Power? <laughs> <laughs> yep. We got... Uh, Damia, Sage of Stone. It's 4 4 Death Touch for 7 mana with a blue, green, and black, but you know, you got green, so that'll be no problem. Skip your draw step. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have fewer than 7 cards in hand, draw cards equal to the difference. That's awesome. And I, I just noticed that uh, she's a Gorgon Wizard, which uh, uh, you yeah. guys probably don't even remember what that I means, do. but. <laughs> what was What was that? Name of the the, the general or commander? Yeah, the uh, the queen. Yep. That I wanted to put in every, like, deck every single deck that murdered everything. <sighs> Let's all consult the gaze of the ages. Gorgon. Uh, darn it! I know if we went to Gatherer, we'd probably find it in a second, but I for some reason refused. to. Sabra. Sabra, yes. Yeah, Sabra is awesome. Queen of the Golgari. Yeah. She um, she was a card from Ravnica, two, a green and a black, for an elf shaman, 2-2. Uh, Whenever you sacrifice a black creature, you may pay two life. If you do, each other, cre- each other player sacrifices a creature. Whenever you sacrifice a green creature, you may gain two life. So there's plenty of instances where you could be sacking a green black creature and you would you know have uh your opponents would be sacking a creature and you'd be gaining two life and then I, I we also had a friend uh who had a deck where he would just create like tons and tons of uh saprolings and then just sack them to gain two life to Sabra. Yeah. And just gain a, a ton of life. You know, but. I'm surprised you never threw Creekwood Legion there with her. Oh, that was because Creekwood Liege didn't exist. But, yeah, I guess you kind of burned out of the Savra stage by then. Yeah, I think yeah. she'd be pretty I fun to so. play with this Creekwood, though. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. I guess maybe the three threes that he makes would probably stand on their own pretty well, though. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't want to be sacrificing them, but I guess, you know, it is a good uh, tool against certain other decks to keep their creatures under control. Yeah, I guess you could just have her out, and if she's out with him, you can just get rid of everything. I absolutely love the card Siphon Flesh, uh, sorcery for five, four, and a black. Each other player sacrifices a creature. You put a 2-2 black zombie creature onto the battlefield for each creature sacrificed this way. That is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, did you uh, did you check out Scythe Spectre? <laughs> 
Um, this is crazy. Whenever Size Specter deals combat damage to a player, keep that in mind, to a player, each opponent discards a card. Each player who discarded a card with the highest converted mana cost among cards discarded this way loses life equal to the converted mana cost. That's awesome. Yeah, Scythe Spectre, that's right. Boo. So cool. It's got Vorosh the Hunter, which is the favorite of my of my favorite of the Planar Chaos dragons. Ah, yep. Lightning Greaves, Foul of Wildness, Foul of Flight. Got some Siphon Flash. Speaking of Ravnica, the uh, Golgari Rot Farm yeah. is actually there, which was the uh, special land from the Golgari in Ravnica. But yeah, so lots of uh, more exciting stuff. I mean, we haven't even barely scratched the surface on Commander. Next weekend we'll get to get some hands-on experience with that, and we will let you know how that is, what our experiences are. Do you guys uh, have anything you want to say before we take off? Goodbye. Bye. All right, well, uh, make sure to uh, swing by casualplaneswalker.com because every day we are putting up new uh, spoilers, articles. We have uh, webcomic killer combos that we're uh, talking about as we discover them. And uh, also check us out on Twitter at TCPWalker and search for The Casual Planeswalker on Facebook. And, um, yeah, help us... uh, continue the the movement of casual players in the world of magic until uh till next week thanks for listening everyone be sure to look us up at www.casualplaneswalker.com or search for the casual planeswalker on facebook to keep in touch and stay up to date with all the latest news we're bringing to you thanks for waking my cowling. <laughs>